This morning we got one of my main brothers in the kitchen studio. This is my boy Leo Almany. Thanks for being on, bro. Good morning. Good morning. It is 5 a.m. Yes. Leo decided he wanted to record it at 5 a.m. Man, I got two kids and uh, I was trying to not leave my wife, you know, in the Hunger Games. Try to be a good husband. And he brought a whole 30 liter thing of coffee ready to go. It's called The Beast. Where'd you get that, bro? I got it for Christmas, man. It says uh, Green Steel. I don't, I don't even know what it is, Solid. but it says The Beast on it, so I like it. <laughs> I dig it. Today, we're going to be talking about atheism versus agnosticism. Yeah, so I'm pumped that he's here, and Leo is actually my leader in high school. So a lot of my theology comes from this guy right here. Not really, but... No, no. He he became a strong Christian way after. So I just planted a seed. No, that's and then, true. You know, you took off way after that, which yeah, is man. good. Uh, Leo, give the listeners a little background about yourself. I was uh, Stephen's youth leader back in the day. Yeah, buddy. Been a youth leader since uh, wow, since 2008. So long time, very long time. Been through about three groups now. It's crazy. But yeah, so I have my wife Breet. She is amazing. I call her my Sour Patch Kid because you know she's sweet and sour. <laughs> but I I am too. So that's cool. It works out. Um, I also have two little ones. I have a daughter. Her name is Michelle. She is a three-nager. Um, so she through this whole like pandemic, she decided that she's independent. And nobody can tell her what to do. <laughs> so that's been really fun. And then um, I also have a four-month-old, and his name is Joshua. So that's pretty cool. He is super happy baby that loves to just scream for no reason. Mm. I love Josh. Yeah. He just goes, <laughs> all the time. It makes no sense. Yeah, and I think uh, when I first met him, you handed him over to me. And oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you want to see me get uncomfortable... Hand me a baby, because <laughs> I do not know how to hold a baby yet. <laughs> That's most people. What's yeah. funny is my uh, one of my best friends, he came to the hospital with Michelle, and he didn't want to hold a kid, so I acted like I was going to toss Michelle to him, and she was a newborn, and he just put his hands out automatically, and I just sat there right in his hand, arms, he was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't think you were going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we got any good stories? I mean, ski trips were always fun, not just the ones that uh, obviously took, we took in peak youth where, you know, we played ping pong and had, had our deep conversations. I'm talking about turbo car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why that became a thing because it was just like a phone game that I played for like yeah. a couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> well, you just would like sit in your bed during like small group and you'd be playing on your phone. I'm like, Steven, what are you doing? Miss turbo car. <laughs> That's funny, man, because now I'm running a group, and they're always on their phones, like, randomly. And I'm like, why are you on your phone? This doesn't make any sense to me on your phone right now. I'll just tell one of them tell you, hey, man, it's Turbo Car. <laughs> be like, all right, that's that's acceptable in small group. That's you know? good. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you're learning here. <laughs> but now you and your, uh, your trick skis. Oh, dude. I got crap for that. Yeah, all the time. Because you were a skateboarder growing up, and yeah. then... You didn't snowboard. <laughs> You're like, nah, man, I'm skiing. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think they're just different. Like skateboarding, you're able to move your feet and yeah, and then like, you get on a snowboard and you're stuck to your board. Yeah. And 
it just to me didn't translate and so I was like man I'm gonna stick to what I know because I started skiing when I was three years old or whatever and so my parents just threw me on skis and they were like all right you're good it's just a blast one of my favorite memories though is like when you called me when you were working at camp and you're like man I get it <laughs> I I get it I was like wait what <laughs> no like I get it like <laughs> I, I get the whole Christianity thing. You know, I'm a strong Christian now. This camp has done wonders. Mm-hmm. I get everything you were saying. I'm like, what? <laughs> Dang. Awesome. Glad that took, uh, it went full circle. Yeah. So. Shall we get into these big topics? Yeah, let's do it. So atheism first, agnosticism. What are the differences? Let's talk about them. First and foremost, uh, you know, atheism and agnosticism are both similar, um, but I definitely think that one is definitely worse than the other, right? Um, and we'll kind of go through that as we go through like the definitions and um, basically some of the differences between the two. And like the definitions I pulled were straight off of like an atheism sponsored website or atheist sponsored website, both the definition of atheism and the definition of agnostic. Mm-hmm. So it takes away the bias of it. Correct, yeah. Because one of the big things that like atheists will say is that the definition of atheism is influenced by theists. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on, man. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, let's get into it. So this is one of the definitions I grabbed for the definition of atheism. So it says a lack of belief or strong disbelief in the existence of God or any gods a philosophical or religious position characterized by disbelief in the existence of a god or any gods. Right? So it says that the qualification to be an atheist is essentially not believing in God, and that's pretty much it. Just don't believe in any gods. Mm -hmm. So pure and simple, there's no God. There's lack of proof, so there's no God. Our life is just here and gone. Like, we have no meaning, no purpose, mm-hmm. like, but if we have no meaning and purpose, then how do you de- define morality? How do you define so many things? How do you find good, evil? Like, it's it's hard to grasp those concepts without, like, the fact of human life having worth, like, as you're born, right? So they kind of believe in the sense that, like, you don't have worth just for being born, but you have worth based upon what you contribute to society, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because you're just like, oh, so how well you do for everyone else, that's how you are defined by worth, where God's like, the second you're born, you're worthy. Like, I, I know every hair on your head, mm-hmm. you're important to me, which is interesting because, like, you tell an atheist that, and you're like, I'm not important. Yeah. I'm just a blip in the history of everything. Yep. No, I find that interesting, though, because I've heard that a lot, too, is like, oh, well, Christians don't do anything for society. They don't help out because they're only focused on the next life. But it's like, no, because Scripture everywhere tells us to worry about this life, too. It's It says, no, take care of the earth. Um, do anything you can for community. Love one another. Yeah. There is nothing that says, just worry about heaven. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the golden rule is to love thy neighbor. So it's like, well, how am I loving my neighbor? But it's just like, 
nah, man, I'm just going to chill on my couch, watch Netflix until the next life comes. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting, I grabbed this. Uh, so before we get into agnosticism, too. So I grabbed this study that was done um, by Psychology Today, right? So they did this study over several couple or several years. And um, basically what they were doing was they were testing people to see, like, are people inherently moral or immoral, right? And this is what they said. It says the biological answer is that we have evolved behaviors that increase our chances of survival and reproduction when in a stable and safe environment with enough food in our bellies and having a biology of mortality sustains our place in the community of humans who help ensure our biological imperatives basically you'll have morality right so if your circumstances are good then a high percentage of people will be moral Mm. cool but it says in highly stressful resource poor environments will step on whoever is in front of us if it helps us survive Hmm. which is interesting because like you say people are inherently good right well if you're inherently good then does it matter about your circumstances were you ever good in the first place or did you just have good circumstances and that's why you were being good? That's interesting. And that's from psychology today. Yeah. So that's not like a Christian like website or Christian anything really. Yeah. The guy that actually wrote it claims to be agnostic. So hmm. it's fairly interesting because like that's one of the main like topics of debate where it's like, you don't need the Bible to be good. It's like, well, the gospel is what transforms me to be good. Yeah. Or it's at the, least try to be. <laughs> it's the guide to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the gospel is helping us admit that we're not. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh, we need this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And I grabbed some of the differences like between atheism and agnosticism. So like, for instance, before we go into agnosticism, atheism, no afterlife existence, right? No higher purpose. Worth is not based upon birth, but deed that supports our contribution to society. In their mind, they know there is no God. So mm-hmm. 100% no God. Um, or believe that the lack of proof is enough that there is no God. And we have no purpose. Which, I don't know how I could live with not having a purpose. Yeah. I'd just be like, alright man, well, no purpose. I'm just gonna go live in the woods somewhere and not talk to people ever again. <laughs> Yeah, but it's crazy to think about, like, so if you say, oh, well, science is the reason I don't believe, it's like, okay, well, let's talk about, you believe in the Big Bang. Okay, cool. So where did it all come from? Who pushed that? Yeah, there's cause and effect. Everywhere in science, there's cause and effect. So how could something from the very beginning defy the laws of nature that Mm -hmm. we have, right? So how did everything come to being? If there is a planet that if one thing was off to the left or to the right by a trillionth, yeah, th- there'd be no life. Yeah. And I like going into that a lot. Which is crazy because like the fact that there is life here, but we haven't been able to find life on other places that we've explored or not even the capability of sustaining life is just crazy within itself. Um, when it talks about final judgment, right? So when Jesus talks about final judgment, he talks about like those who believed in me 
are judged by me, meaning that like you're covered by Jesus when you're judged, mm-hmm. which is I, I absolutely want that. It's like having a bell curve on a test. It's like me saying, "Hey, man, I got a uh, a chem or a chemistry test for you tomorrow. Organic mm-hmm. chem. Good yeah. luck. You don't have any chance to study. <laughs> Actually, you're going to take it in thirty minutes. If you pass, well, you go to heaven. If you don't, Oh, well, I mean, 100 percent, 100 percent is the only grade for passing, which is crazy because like to be judged directly by the law, you're, you're not going to pass ever. That's why Jesus came down, lived a perfect life and then died for us. Yeah, because we couldn't do it. So um, especially for like non-Christians that want to try to follow the law, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And just like in, in Romans six dead to alive through God. And then Romans 10, 8 through 13, saved by grace. Yeah. Right? Um, so we can't get there without God. Exactly. It's If, if you're a good person, that's great. Yeah. I applaud you. Thank yeah. you for being a good person. But God's not going to applaud you. Yeah. Like, we love, we love that you're a good person here, but what does that look like? What is it for? Is it a waste? I mean, I don't think you're wasting being a good person. And I think it's super interesting because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's ultimately like, how do you define good, right? So, like, what is good? And I pulled this from another guy. Uh, I like to steal shamelessly uh, because, uh, you know, that's how you learn. <laughs> no, it's uh, true, though. You learn by reading. Yeah. But uh, this guy said... That good is thus, in all cases, the positive spectrum of various continuums of motivations and outcomes which are assessed against definite and agreed-upon set of standards. Perhaps a more important question would be, what are the most definite and agreed-upon standards by which people should live? And like, all right, so if we define good by that, and you get somebody from Russia somebody from China, somebody from the Middle East, somebody from Europe, somebody from America. She's like, all right, what are the standards that we're going to live by? Well, man, if somebody steals, we're going to cut off his hand. No, dude, you can't do that. (laughs) No, it's good. Is it? (laughs) Somebody kills, we're going to kill them. Is it good? I don't know. You know, it, 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 it's subjective at that point, right? Yeah. So it's, it's no black and white. It's just by how I feel, that's what good is. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Yeah. No, that's true, though. I think one of the things that we do need to go over is that, so we went over atheism a little bit, but mm-hmm. going over agnosticism, yep. right? Um, so I think they are both the same and different because you could be an agnostic atheist, but you can't be an atheist agnostic, mm-hmm. right? Because the difference between the two, so like an atheist agnostic or agnostic atheist means that there's very low chance that there's a God. I don't know whether I know or not, but I'm going to live life like I think there's not a God, right? Whereas an agnostic just claims that I don't know, right? So the, the definition I grab from agnosticism is the definition of agnosticism is believing that Ultimate truth, particularly in terms of the existence of God, is unknowable. Charles Darwin is an example of an agnostic person. Agnostic means a person who views the existence of ultimate truth as unknowable, particularly when it comes to the existence of God, which is interesting because, so like, agnostics, they're on the fence. They're like, I don't know. 
There's no proof either way, left, right, up, down. So I am going to say that I don't know, which I think is a fair place to be in, right? Because I think if you went into a church and people responded honestly, I would say there is a good portion of people that are agnostic because they're searching, mm-hmm. which is a healthy place to be in. Yeah. And then I would say there's also people on the other side of the spectrum, so that like agnostic atheists that are just like, I don't know, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll kind of go in that. Um, I also grabbed this thing from uh, Richard Dawkins, right? Who's super famous in the atheist realm about speaking out about Christianity. And actually, like in his book, it was called The God Delusion. He went on a spectrum, right, of like beliefs. So mm-hmm. he said that it starts at the top. And that's a strong theist, right? So 100%, there is a God, zero doubt, which personally I think is unhealthy because if you don't have any doubt, that means like you accepted Christ and then you stopped, mm-hmm. right? So at that point, are you that lukewarm Christian because you just like I accepted God, so I'm good, like I'm stamped. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving on to the next stage, <laughs> yeah. but that's not how it works. And uh, I guess we'll go into that a little bit more about that later. Um, the next is the de facto theist, and that, that is a high probability that there is a God, but lives life like there's no doubt, right? And I think that's a healthy Christian in the sense that you're growing and you're learning mm-hmm. because it's healthy to have doubt, right? Yeah. It's super healthy to have doubt. And I actually grabbed a Bible verse. This is one of my favorite verses about doubt, and uh, it it's in Romans eleven thirty three through 34, and it explains that, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? It's like, look, you have a counselor, you've had leaders, you've had bosses. God doesn't have bosses. He doesn't have counselors. He is that. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the head, like he's top dog. He knows what's going on before it even happens. Yeah, and I think it's crazy. Some people try to wrap their head around that because yeah. they're like, "But who came before God?" And it's like, "What? How does God make your heart beat?" Let's answer that question first. How does your heart beat? There's no motor. There's no batteries. Just going. It just goes. Your it brain can stop sa- at any time. Yeah, your brain says go, and it says okay. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. How, how does it make sense? It doesn't. <laughs> and then the next uh, one on the spectrum is leaning towards theism. So higher than 50% chance there is a God, but not really sure, right? So that's kind of like where the agnostics land, right? So right there around 50%, there there could be a God, I don't know. Or maybe there's a God. I'm still searching. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, next on there would be completely impartial, 50% doesn't know if God exists or not. Basically, they elect to decide that since I don't know either way, I'm going to live like there is no God because Mm -hmm. I just don't know. God doesn't affect my life, Yeah. right? And then leading toward atheism, so below 50%, meaning that I don't know if there's a God, but I am inclined to believe due to lack of evidence that there is no God. Okay. And then the de facto atheist, low probability, so there's no God. And then there's the strong atheist that... 100% 100% knows there's no God. So mm-hmm. what's really interesting is like you'll go on like these atheist websites and read like how they define themselves. And then they're like, 
no, not all atheists are like that. Like, we can't know whether or not that there is a God. So a lot of atheists are more agnostic than they are atheists. And then there's this smaller percentage that are just like, 100%, no, no God, which is a bit extreme because it's like, well, if you say that there's lack of evidence that there isn't a God, there's even less evidence that there's no God. Just a crazy claim in my mind. Because you can disagree with like the God of the Bible. Okay, I, I, I get that. You have doubts. You don't understand or you don't know. Mm-hmm. But to say that there's no creator whatsoever, I, that's an insane statement to me. It's hard because, yeah, like you were saying, there's so many different types of being agnostic and being atheist. Um, but the atheist is like, no, there is no God. Like, I don't want to look at the evidence. I don't care to see the evidence. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but why don't you care? Yeah. What if it is the most important thing in the entire universe? Like yeah. C.S. Lewis says, and it's like, just look for the evidence because it is there. Agnosticism, like that, I think you were saying like it was the bottom 50% or whatever. Mm. Or the, what was it? It's just straight, like around, floating around 50%. So yeah. dead straight in the middle. Yeah, so I think that's hard because if you because if you're not actually looking for the evidence it won't pop up right yeah you're going to be finding things whatever you're looking for like if i want my head to think that i have a disease yeah i go google it yeah. and then i i google it even further right and then now your head is convinced because you googled everything for that particular disease and then now you're like, oh my gosh, I have it because I googled, I googled uh, cancer and my hands hurting. Yeah. And then it came up. It's like, yeah, because you googled that exact thing. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's gonna come up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because the thing that leads most people down that path is either lack of understanding, a bad experience, or it could be that they purely just hate religion. And they, it's which could also be a bad experience. Yeah, exactly. And, and the big thing is like they don't understand it, the whole broken world scenario, right? So that Jesus says that this world's broken, but eventually there's going to be no more suffering, no more tears. Like you're going to be made perfect in heaven and be in perfect bliss and community with God all the time. So there'll mm-hmm. be no more suffering. And, um, I guess people don't understand that that's what happens like in this world. Like this world wasn't promised to be perfect. Yeah. Like when you're born, it's not like, great, you're going to have a nice, easy, comfortable life and nothing's ever going to happen to you. Right. Right. And uh, that's hard for people to wrap their head around. Um, But I like what you were saying, like with the difference between agnostics and like atheists in the sense that like agnostics were open and atheists are just shut off. Um, I actually grabbed this quote and I love this guy is named Sidney Harris. Uh, he was actually a writer back in the day at the Chicago Tribune. He said, agnostic an agnosticism is a perfectly respectable and tenable philosophical position. It is not dogmatic and makes no pronouncements about the ultimate truths of the universe. It remains open to evidence and persuasion, lacking faith. It nevertheless does not decide faith. Atheism, on the other hand, is as unyielding and dogmatic about religious belief as true believers are about heathens. It tries to use reasons to demolish a structure that is not built upon reason. Which is just an insane statement because they're like, well, Christianity is based upon reason, 
So we're going to just poke holes in it. But it's not based upon reason. No. It's based upon faith. Right. Which is like that statement when I read it, I was like, man, like, all right. Okay. (laughs) My man's speaking truth here. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is the final thing about it, like agnosticism and atheism, like when it really breaks down, uh, there's this verse in Matthew 12, uh, verse 30 and 32, it says, whoever is not with me is against me. And this is, uh, Jesus speaking and whoever does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. I find it interesting, though, because it says anybody who speaks blasphemy against the Son of Man will be forgiven, yeah. but not against the Spirit. Yeah, which is crazy. It's a scary place to be. Yeah, but it says that you... like. The scary part is either in this, you will not be forgiven either in this age or the age to come. So like now God's kingdom forever, the next earth, the next earth, the next heaven, you done (laughs) period. The end. That's it. And I think another topic you want to get into is like the, so we talked a little bit about it before, um, is does a good person go to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. The short and sweet, simple answer is no straight up, straight up. And, uh, you know, And it all comes down to like defining good, like we were talking about earlier. It's like if you're defining good off worldly views, it becomes dangerous, right? Because it's a I feel, you feel situation, Mm -hmm. right? For instance, Hitler thought what he was doing was good. And all those who were with Hitler thought that what Hitler was doing was good. But to the rest of the world, it was genocide. To the Hutus and the Tutsis, right? Down in Rwanda, when that genocide happened, like, one side thought it was good, one side thought, again, like, it was bad. And there's all these times, like, throughout humanity where you see it. Even, like, you look at the um, Crusades. We even talked from a Christian perspective, right? So the Crusades, they were like, yeah, we're going to go throughout the world and spread Christianity, but what they really did was they murdered lots of people. Mm-hmm. Was it good? They were like, oh, we're doing good in the name of God. It's like, okay, so how is it good? Like, because you know what happens if they're not a Christian. So why are you going to kill another person? Right. Because you're essentially saying, yeah, see you later, man. I mean, not really see you later because if I'm going to heaven, you're going somewhere else. It's not going to work out too well for you. Exactly. Yeah. So it gets real dangerous there. The biggest reason why I wanted to define atheism versus agnosticism is to show you that because a lot of people don't even know that there's really a difference Mm -hmm. or that they're that some people are just completely shut off to it some people are like no i do want to learn yeah and so if somebody says they're an atheist to you it's like okay but do you want to learn because some people just say like oh i've heard of this definition i'm gonna say i'm an atheist yeah but some people are quote unquote atheists which is just a definition we made up right yeah um but some people who are quote unquote atheists would actually be more towards agnostic because they want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, there's different, there's different variations of agnosticism mm-hmm. too. And we kind of got into that. Um, but yeah, so it's like, let's talk to those people though. Let's, let's see why, why are you an atheist though? 
And if they're completely yeah. shut off, like obviously there's nothing you can do. But yeah. if they want to learn, it's like, hey, let's uh, let's talk about this. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of them come down to like evidence, right? So they're like, oh, I want evidence. You can't prove it. It's like, well, you're never going to be able to 100% prove that God exists. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be able to 100% prove that he doesn't. Yeah. Right? So to believe in either stance is based upon faith, right? Or whether you believe it or not, like you have faith in one of those answers. Mm -hmm. And I think what it ultimately comes down to, right, is like when we talk about these things, it comes down to context, right? So what are you doing to find out these answers? Are you just reading on your own and not asking questions to somebody that like actually knows like scripture? Mm -hmm. Because if you're doing something like that, like you can get lost and you can get lost fast Mm -hmm. because scripture is interesting because when you read it, it's not always exactly what it says because it's been translated. Right. right? So we'll think of it in our worldview and it's, it's not the same. So like the instance of like, it's easier for a poor man to get into heaven, uh, like trying to get a rich man into heaven is like trying to fit a camel through the eye of a needle. Mm -hmm. Like me, I'm thinking like, man, to the, a needle, like you're not going to fit a camel through a needle, <laughs> but the eye of a needle was actually like a door inside a structure back then. Yeah. So like, okay, that makes more sense. I can yeah. fit a camel yeah. through there. It'd be a little difficult, but yeah, we can exactly. make it happen. <laughs> so you need context, you need history, you need how their culture was, uh, biblical history. Like there's so many things that you need to understand before you can truly grasp what is being said. Because there's tons of words, too, like, when they're translated, they lose their vigor. So, like, it's still, it could still mean kind of the same thing, but it's not the exact. Yeah. So, I think it's super important, and I think a good foundation is kind of, like, understanding the gospel would be, like, a true foundation for starting out with Christianity. So, and I actually had a little thing written up, too, about, like, the gospel, right? Um, Because... The gospel is good news, right? It's mm-hmm. great news. And uh, everybody's like, oh, well, the gospel. Yeah, the gospel's for evangelizing. No, the gospel's for all Christians. There's no post-gospel. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. It's not real. Yeah. It's like, man, I've been saved by the gospel, and my testimony is now the gospel. No, you did not write the gospel. It's not you. Do <laughs> yeah. not make it yours. Uh-huh. So the gospel is what has already been accomplished, right? Mm-hmm. It's already historical fact. It's non-alterable. It's the fact that Jesus lived a perfect life by the law, something we can never do, died on the cross, came back, and defeated physical death. Boom. Done. Believers think that uh, the gospel is the center of Christianity, and it is. It's the whole point of Christianity. And like it says that in Mark 1 and Romans 1, 9, it's like the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? So it's the story of what God has done for us through Jesus so that we can be reconciled. Yeah. And without that, we couldn't know God. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that's why I put it like real big here. It's like we must repent and believe. Like in Mark 1.15, he talks about how you need to repent and believe. It's not just a, oh, yeah, I believe. No. Nah, you need to forget your old life, man. Yeah. And repent. Yeah. And then with that comes all the works following that. Mm-hmm. 
because faith without works is dead. And a lot of people take that and it's like, oh, you need like Catholicism, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. We'll take that and blow it up mm-hmm. to be like, the only way you can get there is with works. But it's like, no, you're you're taking parts of scripture with real genuine faith mm-hmm. comes all of this stuff with it. Because if you're believing in God, man, you're not going to be sitting on your butt. Yeah. You got stuff to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, just like you said, it's like the gospel is not an if-then relationship with Christ, such as if I tithe, God will bless me, or if I do this right, God will love me more. But instead, it's a because-then relationship with God, right? So because Jesus died for my sins, I'm going to live sold out for Christ. I'm going to follow his laws, follow his teachings. Yep. So because then is how you are truly transformed by the gospel. Mm-hmm. So and it's just crazy because a lot of people, are, they, they just don't believe that. I think that the gospel is their testimony or the gospel is um, so many different things. I've heard so many things of like, what they believe the gospel is. And it's just like, no, just read scripture. <laughs> yeah. Gospel is straightforward in scripture. It's Jesus's transformative power through what he did. This one's in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, for it is grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast, right? And that's one of those verses is saying like, Listen, you do your works because you love God. It's transformative by the gospel. That's why you do your works. Yep. Your works are not the boast because it's by grace you have been saved. You can never earn your way into heaven. Right. Because if you try to, it's just like, all right, man, how much is it going to cost for me to get into heaven? That's, that's the wrong question. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's a question of the heart, right? And Jesus addressed that with the guy that wanted to follow him. It's like, all right, so what's it going to take for me to get in heaven, or Jesus, or what's it going to take for me to follow you? It's like sell all your belongings. He's like, I'm not doing that. That's crazy talk, man. Yeah. But your belongings aren't coming with you in the next life, so mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> yep. There ain't no hearse with a trailer hitch, y'all. That's Steven, a song. <laughs> yeah, Steven's singing some country music early in the morning. That's solid, dude. Yeah. It's true, though. I mean, it's like a goofy song, but, man, it is so true. Like, cause I, I'm always like, we, we, we get one shed to put all your stuff and then we buy another shed cause we need more room for more stuff. Yeah. And then soon you can't even move cause of how much stuff you have. Yeah. And so you have to get rid of all your stuff so that you can get into a smaller space. Yep. And I just think it's crazy, man. It's it like, is. What is all this for? Yeah. But I stole this thing, uh, Billy Graham and it was like one of those things that, okay, so I've accepted Christ, what now, right? So how do I continue to learn? How do I continue to grow, right? And he set out like this 10-step thing that you should be working on always. And he said, read your Bible daily. Do not be content to skim through a chapter merely to satisfy your consensus. Hide the word of God in your heart. It comforts, guides, corrects, encourages all we need in there, which is awesome because what you feed your heart is what you feed your mind Mm -hmm. and what you feed your mind is how your heart lives it's crazy yeah and then it says learn the secret of prayer prayer is communicating every prayer that you pray 
will be answered. Sometimes that answer may be yes. Sometimes that answer may be no. Sometimes it will be wait. Which I remember when you guys were in youth group. I was like, give God a deadline. Which really isn't biblical at all. But Gideon did it, so why not? Yeah. And it was funny because I remember, like, I forget who it was. It was one of you guys. I was like, listen, man, like, if your relationship's not working out, give God a deadline on whether or not you think you should break up with your girlfriend. He's like, all right, cool. And uh, he was just like, all right, next Friday. And she broke up with him on that following Friday. Snap. I was like, that's funny. God works in funny, mysterious ways. I think God's a comedian. He just kind of like, boom, that happened. No, I think so too. Yeah, he definitely has a sense of humor. Oh yeah, for sure. So remember you asked for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna give it to you that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Like God, but I didn't want it in that way. Yeah. Like that was different. <laughs> it's like people praying the prayer, God bring the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll bring the rain. Yeah. You want the rain? I'll bring it. <laughs> you want troubles? I bring troubles. Yeah. <laughs> and then rely constantly on the Holy Spirit, right? So we know that the Holy Spirit prays for us and comforts us. Uh, when we're weak and can't stand on our own, right? And attend church regularly. The visible church is Christ's organization upon earth. Christians need to be with one another. It's that whole scenario with like, it's easier for a people a person on a chair, right? It's easier for a person on a chair to get pulled off the chair than mm-hmm. for them to pull a person up. Yeah. So the people you, you surround yourself with, I always like the... um one of my teachers told me this in college and it was like, you're the sum of your five best friends, which is interesting. Cause you think about the company you keep and the company you keep close to you and how they mold you, how you talk together, how that affects you. Now I'm not saying like, don't have Christian best, uh, non-Christian best friends mm-hmm. because we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. Right. So and a lot of Christians kind of twist that are like, Oh, well, I can't hang out with non-Christians, you know. I gotta stay with my Christian community all the time. Mm-hmm. Gotta stay in that bubble. Yeah. But if you stay in that bubble, then you're that hundred percent Christian, and you're not the eighty percent Christian because you're never challenged. You don't have any yeah. doubts. Yeah. But it's when you have those doubts and those questions that's when you grow. Be a witnessing Christian. So we witness in two ways: by life and by word, which is really stinking important because a lot of Christians will just read. Right? Great. You know the Bible inside, backwards, upside down, but you don't live it in your life, like right. from day to day, showing compassion, humility with those who don't truly understand the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Because like trying to tell somebody the gospel that doesn't have Christ in their heart is like trying to tell somebody that's blind that the sky's blue. They're like, nah, man, it's black. You sure? Mm-hmm. Man, I can't see it. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> let love be the ruling principle of your life. Be obedient, Christian. Right, so following God's choices, learn how to meet temptation. Temptation is not a sin; it is yielding that is sin. So let the Holy Spirit fight your battles for you. Be a wholesome Christian. Our lives and appearances should commend the gospel. And last, live above your circumstances. Don't let your circumstances get you down. Learn to live graciously with them, realizing that the Lord Himself is with you. I love that. Yeah, and Billy Graham was a—he was a giant. Mm-hmm. And our he would be like a modern day, like disciple. Yeah, 
but there are no like disciples because he's not actually walking with Jesus, but he is walking with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I like the end part, living above your circumstances, because it's like, so one of the things that I've been learning and uh, is that like the mark of a Christian is suffering, mm-hmm. which is insane because you have a target on your back. Why? Why would Satan ever worry about somebody that's not like talking about Christ or spreading Christ or doing what he's supposed to? Because he's like, I already got you. I'm just going to leave you content over there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But you're not guaranteed that you're not going to have suffering. It's going to happen. I mean, Christians back in the day, what made them so powerful is like they would get burned alive and they'd be, they wouldn't affect them. They still keep doing it. And I think that's kind of one of the things that has happened with like American theology. We, we've gotten comfortable with the sense that, yeah, man, I can go to church on Sundays and not worry about anything. Yep. And it's just become a normal routine. Yep. Whereas, like, if you go elsewhere in the world, it's not that at right. all. Right. Like, you go in China, man, the underground church is insane. And the people and the faith they have, it's like, yeah, man, I got shot at last week. You going to church next Sunday? Yeah, man. I'm happy to go to church I'll next Sunday. I'll be there. It's almost like a game. Well, we got Monday night Bible study, too. Let's go. Yeah. We got Monday night Bible study. Somebody tried to run me over with a car. Man, what happened to you this week? <laughs> It's yeah. like their testimony builds their faith, and they know that since they have hope and salvation in Christ through the gospel, that it doesn't matter what happens to them here. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, if I'm going to heaven, this is great. It's just like kind of what Paul said. It's like, if God still wants me here to do his work, that's fine. But to go to heaven is gain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. You want to take me out? That's fine. I should go chill with my creator. Yeah. No worries. It's one of my favorite <laughs> verses in Philippians, man really is yeah it's like man we got nothing to worry about here especially with having god on our side and then we're always under attack but we have that peace with god absolutely and yeah i mean there's still days that are harder than others and that's definitely that's a fact man that's just what's gonna happen yeah and i think that kind of rolls into like the whole covid stuff right Mm -hmm. because like when i think about it like I have friends that are super worried about it. I had a friend that's not a Christian ask me, he's like, so man, is this the end times? I'm like, yes, end times, definitely, definitely. You should open up a Bible right now. (laughs) (laughs) The current event that I wanted to talk about was the fact that COVID is the real thing that's going on right now, obviously. And so a lot of people are coming to faith I think COVID is, has been a role that God has been using, actually. It has been a blessing in disguise. And I, and I know everybody still is, like, ready for this to be over. I mean, even Robert posted a video the other day of him just saying, like, I really miss the community, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm, I'm ready to be back, but we have to deal with this first, and we can't be back yet, even though technically Maryland's open and ready to go. Uh, Hogan was like, you guys can have service, but only to a certain extent, you know? And so Robert was like, well, if we can't have full service and it's not worth it. Yeah. It was 150 people. Our congregation is like 1600 or something like that. So only 150 people could come and only 12 kids. Right. That's like, that's not going to work. And they're like yeah. outside service. Well, what are we going to do with the kids? Oh, they're going to stay in the car. 
yeah, good luck having an outside service with all kids and they all got to go to the bathroom or like there's so many scenarios. Like it just doesn't work out. Like the numbers right. don't work out. And I think his big thing is like he doesn't want to be reckless. And I think that's a good position to take because ultimately like God's in control, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately like the world is in disarray and God's like, you know, stuff's going to happen on this earth that you're not going to know until you come to me. I think we ultimately just don't want to run the risk because say somebody comes, they contract it and they're not a believer. Right. That's, that's not going to help anything. Mm-hmm. And it's how we act in these situations that truly bring people to Christ. Yeah. No, that's true. It's very true. So yeah, it's, and it's super interesting. Cause like I I've gone back and forth on the spectrum. I'm like, man, this is, this is dumb. <laughs> Let's I'm just, sick of this. Yeah. Like, why are we even doing this? Like, like why my, are we still? My kids are driving me crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Working from home, both me and my wife with two little ones. It's just, well, mm-hmm. it's been, it's been hard, especially because yeah. our one stopped taking naps. So it's like mm-hmm. that. The naps was that that break in the Y'all middle of the day. Y'all are exhausted now. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. Sure. And then they both want to wake up super early in the morning. So it's just like. They go to bed at like nine and then want to wake up super early. I'm like, how do you, how do you do that? Get like six hours of sleep. Like, I want to force you to go to bed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been on two sides of the spectrum. So like me as a Christian, I'm like, man, I, I'm cool. Like, I don't, I don't need a mask. Like I'll go out in public. I'm, I'm fine. But there's also like the other side of the spectrum, um, in the sense of like, okay, well, how do others perceive that? What is yeah. what does that look like? Um, am I just looking like? And how are we loving our neighbor by just you know, not ex- caring? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because in my mind, it's like if I contract it and I go, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to heaven, so mm-hmm. I'm all right. Um, but if I give it to somebody who's not a Christian and I I have it, it's it's reckless. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And. I want to be respectful because that's what we're called to be, right? We're mm-hmm. called to respect the law of the land. And um, I think that's the position that we need to take right now as Christians and just honestly try to spread some hope in the world. Yep. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like what you said, it's it's going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. Is like Christians still care about what's going on now. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have that different piece that a lot of people don't have Mm -hmm. that they're just like, Oh, we're going in the ground when we die and that's it. It's like, okay. Yeah. But there's more of a reason for us to be caring for people. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, like, there was a quote from Leo Tolstoy that was like, man, if God does not, I'm I'm not quoting it specifically because I I didn't snag it, but I wish I did. But he's like, if there is no God, then life is utterly meaningless. And Leo Tolstoy was like he was a famous author, poet, mm-hmm. and he was a he was a big man back in the day. But to grab that quote directly, check it out. He's like, "Life is utterly meaningless if there's no God. Yeah. There's no, just no point. It's like if there's no point, I can do whatever I want, whatever satisfies yeah. my good." <laughs> yeah, it's like what the, what is the reason for all of this? Yeah. And it so happens that this book describes everything perfectly of what's going on even now today. Um, And so we can find the reason 
through this guide that we got here. Yeah, it's a living word, especially because you look back in the day, man, they had uh, leprosy, right? So leprosy was, I would say, even more contagious to, than COVID. Like somebody touched you, cool, you're a leper now. Yep. And that was boils all over your body, and you just were just nasty looking. Yeah, your body was slowly decaying. Yep. And then you'd eventually die. Yep. Which is insane. And Jesus healed several of them. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, if Jesus can heal them, it's like there's purpose for everything. You have to look at the the silver lining and everything that happens because there's always purpose. And sometimes you won't find it until you, you make it to heaven, but there's always purpose underlying and finding that purpose mm-hmm. is what it's all about. When we swing the big topic here, atheism and agnosticism, right? So if you're agnostic and you're still searching, that's a good place to be because at least you're searching, you know? But like if you're atheist shut off to God 100%, I wouldn't make an absolute claim on something like that without searching. Yeah. Right? And and getting context, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz I can read several things in the Bible and I can take it out of context. I yeah. can there's unfortunately like there's pastors that do that just to prove a point and mm-hmm. their messages. I think if they can do it, then an atheist can do it too, mm-hmm. right? And for an agnostic, it's like keep searching, ask yeah. questions. Yeah. If you aren't asking questions, you're not growing as a person. Right. Like you're just staying neutral. Right. And that's not what life's all about. Yeah, no, it's true. And you have to look at, even if you are an atheist, maybe uh, look at what has made me this way. What am I missing out on? And like, was it somebody that I met that would just, was it claimed to be a Christian and treated me like crap? Because there's two sides of Christianity too. There's yeah. multiple sides of Christianity, but there's the side that's just like I I'm a Christian on Sundays, and I can do whatever I want, and that's the scariest kind of Christian to me. I'm scared of those Christians, honestly, because it's like you can do whatever you want, and you think that you're good, yeah. But at least as an agnostic, you're like I don't know. If I'm good or not, I don't. I, I need to search more into this, yeah. and I would say that that Christian needs to do the same thing. Yeah. And so, if it was somebody who claimed to be a Christian and just did something that was not biblical, look at that and say that person wasn't a Christian. Yeah, hundred percent. What do I need to do to get in on this gift Man. that God has? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, people are flawed, right? So even Christians are flawed. Um, people, the, there's a common misconception that, like, people are just like, oh, you're Christian? Well, that's not very Christian of you. It's like, look, man, I suck. Being a Christian is me admitting that I suck. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. not the other way around. The church is a hospital for the broken, not a temple for the righteous or a museum mm-hmm. for, for the righteous. Yeah. And people that believe that it is, it's like you're missing the point. Jesus came for broken people, for sinners, mm-hmm. right? He didn't come for the Pharisees that were saying, oh, no, we're we're top-notch. We know the Bible inside and out. We are perfect among perfect. Right. It's like, if you think that you're perfect, you are far from right. Yeah. Love you, brother. Thanks for being here this morning. Love you too, man. Sorry and, it was so early. <laughs> hey, I can do it, bro. If it's for you and for spreading the word here, man, it's worth it. Absolutely, 100%. All right, y'all. 
catch you all next time. See ya. Peace. I love doing this.